the New York Artist Collective podcast. This next one's about. Hi there and welcome to the New York Artist Collective podcast. This next one's about. My name is Stephanie Manns. I'm a singer-songwriter and a co-producer of the New York Artist Collective and your host. Now, recently during the lockdown, we have been taking these podcasts live to Facebook. So what you are about to hear is an interview I did last week with Michael Walker from Modern Musician. Michael Walker is a leading revolution in today's music industry, having personally reached 17 million views on YouTube, working with Grammy award-winning producers and touring internationally to perform for hundreds of thousands of fans worldwide. Michael is one of those rare mentors who has actually walked the walk of their own methodology. Michael joined me on the podcast to talk about how you can grow your following online during a pandemic. Michael Walker. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Now, this is quite fun. So um, we are live to Facebook, um, but you can't see me. So this feels, this for you, this really is like radio. It's really like <laughs> it is. Podcast. It is like radio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I, I got an app called Cold Turkey that is awesome for what it does. It basically locks you out of your computer at a certain time so that if you don't want to be tempted to you know, go on Reddit or whatever after a certain time, then you can't. It's, you literally can't. And it's great most of the time, except when you're about to do a Facebook Live and then it locks you out uh, a few minutes beforehand. But luckily, we had hopped on a few minutes beforehand. We had started the Zoom. So, you know, apparently it's working. It's just I can't see what's going on or anything, which is okay. It's not not super important. But I am, yeah, it's just, it's just like a, a radio interview with but there's like Big Brother is watching while while we're talking. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Why not? Um, so, Michael, you have um, been very successful, I think, you know, in terms of building followings online. Um, you have a band called Paradise Fears. You've built up about 17 million views and, uh, on YouTube and the like. And, you know, you tour internationally with your band. Um, and you also have started this business, Modern Musician, where you teach and mentor musicians how to do what you've done. So tell me a bit about... Um, how you how you started it as a musician, and how you then decided to you know t- make this a business and also you know take this to other people and help them. Yeah, um, so I'll try to make it. I'll try to give you like the short version of of the story. Um, so started a band with my high school classmates, um, and out of high school, we'd lived in a very small town, Vermilion, South Dakota. So it wasn't it wasn't like uh, Nashville or LA or it wasn't really like a music town. It was like just us, you know, playing with a few guys in in high school. And uh, when we graduated, we basically decided we wanted to pursue the band um, as a career and uh, struggled at the beginning. I remember we worked really hard to like book around shows and we reached out to a lot of people and I have a few funny like screenshots of us reaching out to people being like, Hey, like you want to check out our music? And people being like, I hate you. Stop, (laughs) stop messaging us um, early on. And I remember booking, like working really hard to book these shows and we booked our first tour and um, we ended up playing to like, you know, the bartender in the back of the room. And it was just, we realized really quickly that um, booking shows doesn't really matter a whole lot if you don't know how to bring people out. You don't know how to actually, you know, to, to, to grow a fan base and to, to actually have people come out. And so at the time we were, you know, living in our cars, sleeping in Walmart parking lots. And I remember going into Walmart and getting like a big stack of flour tortillas and a big jar of peanut butter. And that was like breakfast, lunch, and dinner for us um, every every day when we lived in the van. And for us, kind of the big breakthrough happened when our lead singer had an idea. Basically, you had, had heard about another band doing this on a festival called Warped Tour. 
But basically the idea was, you know, there are six of us in the band. And so we split up into groups of two and we followed other bands as tours around the country, like bands that we looked up to, like All Time Low and Made a Parade and kind of this like pop rock, pop punk scene. And we were huge fans of them. And before their shows, you know, they would have thousands of people who are just waiting in line, just not really doing anything uh, but waiting. And sometimes they would line up for like since the morning. And so uh, basically we walked up to them and we had a pair of headphones. And so I would just, we would introduce ourselves and ask if people wanted to listen to some clips of our songs. And if they liked it, then, um, you know, we had a backpack full of CDs and so we would offer a CD. And I was like a super shy, awkward kid. So walking up to strangers in line, I was like, you know, like shaking and stuttering. It was, it was really um, challenging for, as like an introvert. But uh, we found out that it just, it worked really, really well because the people we were connecting with were exactly the right kind of fans who go out to shows and support music. And the, kind of that face-to-face interaction really helped us connect with, with them. So we ended up selling about 24,000 CDs in four months doing that. And because of that, uh, one of the bands that we were, what I I now call that idea tour hacking, one of the bands we were doing it on um, was called All Time Low. They had millions of fans. They were one of our favorite bands of all time. And they heard about what we were doing and they decided to bring us on tour with them. And so then, you know, all of a sudden we were touring with one of our favorite bands of all time. And that kind of snowballed um, into a career of touring and meeting a lot of our idols, our favorite bands. Um, So that was kind of, Paradise Fears' start um, of building a fan base of really grassroots and connecting with people face-to-face and then building kind of a live uh, touring um, relationship. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when I started thinking about starting my family and I got married, um, I had been touring about, you know, eight eight years full-time with my band. By the way, uh, can you still hear me okay? I, I just want to make sure that I can't see what's going on right now, so yep, no, I don't want to be fine. like... You're totally <laughs> okay, fine. Cool. I put myself on mute. That was why you probably couldn't hear anything. Okay. I, I just want to make sure I wasn't sure because like, I can't see anything, but awesome. Um, so, you know, we had been touring full time and we were gone for 10, 11 months out of the year. And basically I was, I was looking at, um, I found out I was going to be a dad and, and I, you know, I got married and I was thinking, you know, how, um, how can I keep this going or, or what can I do next to provide for my family without necessarily traveling and being gone uh, most of the time? And uh, around that time, you know, discovered some mentors in the online marketing world and online business world, uh, people like Jeff Walker, um, who essentially teach how to take your expertise and bring it online and how to create digital marketing funnels and create like paid traffic systems. And so for me, kind of learning that skill set was out of need because, you know, I I really, I needed to provide for my family without um, being gone most of the year. And I would really like out of high school, I had just toured with my band full time. So I didn't really have a lot of other skill sets to, I didn't, you know, I hadn't gone to college and I could go back to college, but, um, but you know, I ended up finding this, these new mentors and basically learned this new skill with digital marketing and doing paid traffic systems and, and advertising. And, you know, we, we weren't strangers to digital marketing with Paradise Fears. Like, you know, we had 17 million YouTube views and we, you know, had about 24 million streams on Spotify. But a big chunk of it came out of um, our live connection through touring, through the tour hacking that we did at the beginning, and through releasing um, a lot of music videos on YouTube and building up a following that way. But the, the newer skill in the past couple of years that, that we've developed has really been centered around digital marketing and using Facebook and Instagram advertising to be able to, to grow an audience. And primarily, that's what we focus on now with new artists, just because it's probably the most cutting edge thing that 
that we're working with that that we're sharing with with our artists and the best results are coming from these automated systems that are using um it's what we call it we call it virtual tour hacking because it's kind of the same idea as tour hacking as we would go out and meet people in lines for shows but it's done virtually online and essentially it's you having conversations with new fans that are fans of of other bands and starting to build a relationship with them and ultimately like it all comes down to just connecting um, with fans, like putting you and your music in front of the right people who are most likely to enjoy it and connect with it and building a real relationship with them and then figuring out what would be valuable to them to offer in exchange for money. And I mean, that's, that's just like the core of mm-hmm. any, any business, but that's really kind of what we focus on now is kind of that digital marketing side of it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And um, when you were talking about virtual tour hacking and what you did going to fans of bands that were like you or that you liked. And it's, you know, the very literal version of when you are creating a Facebook ad and you're, you know, creating audiences that look like someone else's audience. You actually did that before you took it virtual. Mm. That's really interesting. Right. Yeah. You know, I think um, one of the things that I learned when we started running digital campaigns for musicians is that a lot of them had t- like tested boosting their posts or had done some stuff and they had seen like a little bit of traction, but a lot of it wasn't like the highest quality traffic. And there are some other people who are teaching things like get 10,000 fans in seven days, but they were just like people from like the bots from overseas or it wasn't like real people. And so I think the benefit of tour hacking in person was that the people we were connecting with were like real dedicated fans or the people that go out to shows and wait in line and probably drove three States across to see what their best friends have tattoos of the lyrics. So it's like a very engaged, high quality audience. And so part of our challenge and what we were able to crack the code on eventually was, was how do you find those people online? Because just because someone likes a page on Facebook or or Instagram doesn't necessarily mean that they're that kind of fan that goes out and supports them. So it's really important with the digital marketing to have sort of a a qualification system to filter out um, people who just don't really care that much or really aren't that into music from the people who live and breathe music. Mm -hmm. You want to filter them out completely? And so that you're just kind of um, this poor group of fans, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I would say filtering them out so that, you know, the whole premise behind building a marketing funnel is that it starts out um, kind of wide on the top, but then it gets smaller over time. And the idea is like the further down um, people go in terms of a marketing funnel, the more, one, the more value that you deliver to them, the more that you connect with them, the, the more engaged they are. But there's also going to be less, right? That's just kind of a natural law of the universe is that, you know, the 80-20 rule that as, um, as people kind of connect more and more with you, there's going to be less of them. But so like, you know, the people at the top, it's not necessarily like, like you just, you're just like, oh, I'm just, I mean, in some ways, there is something to be said about um, you don't have to, everyone doesn't have to be your fan, you know, like you don't need to everyone in the whole world really like you've probably heard the idea before about the thousand true fans. Mm -hmm. And it's true. You know, if you, it's really important that you just focus on the people who really resonate and really connect with it. And that's what it all kind of comes down to is finding those people. And with the the systems you can use with Facebook and Instagram advertising, you can create lookalike audiences. And so if you have a good system for like, for, you know, quote unquote, filtering out people who aren't, super into it, 
then you can create lookalike audiences based on the people who are really engaging most. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to talk about, you know, so we're obviously talking about building up your online fan base. Um, when you were on tour, and, you know, you were saying, so before you got to go on tour with these artists, you were kind of on tour with them, but unofficially, um, <laughs> you, know, it, you know, standing in line with the fans and, and that. But when you went on tour and you were opening for them, um, what were you doing? I mean, like after the shows, were you connecting with fans? Were you, you know, doing all the merch? Were you doing all the signing? You know, were you connecting and building your community that way also? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean that we we didn't stop uh, tour hacking when we were on tour, right? Like we would, before the shows, we would go out, we would meet everyone in line. We would connect with them after the shows. We would hang out at our merch table. We would take pictures. We would sign autographs and we would just connect with people as much as possible because that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. Like that's the roots and that's the heart Mm -hmm. at your ability to be successful as a musician is your connection with your fans. I wonder actually, have you read the art of asking by Amanda Palmer? (laughs) I did. I read that, uh, I think like a year ago. It's okay. a great, great book. We actually are doing um, a book club on it for this podcast next week. And I've been reading it also. And I think it's, you know, she, one of her big successes, I think is, as you say, kind of building that community, she's sort of finding her brand and it was, you know, she's clearly, you know, very quirky. Um, she really engaged people in helping her to grow. Um, mm-hmm. and in terms of, you know, the, at the shows, after the shows, you know, I think she, one of the things that she said was um, the line between fan and friend became very blurred in a good way. And in a sense, you know, like people were that engaged with her that she, you know, after a while they kept coming to all the shows and she was like making friends with them. And I find that such an interesting way to approach it. And it is so authentic. And I feel like, you know, we're in an, an era where we're you know constantly talking about authenticity and if people don't see that then they're not going to engage with you they're not going to connect they're not going to follow you and they're not going to make this long-term investment that is required for you to have that longevity as an artist absolutely mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's and that's just and that's what fuels us too like i think as musicians there's something really special that happens when you get a message from a new fan who just discovered you for the first time, or they listen to one of your songs and they say, this song helped me, you know, this song, something, maybe that the song even like saved their life or just or their mom passed away and your song helped them through it. And there's something really like that surpasses all the other stuff. You know, there's, there, everyone wants to be appreciated and there's, there's something, there's, there's vanity metrics and there's an ego that wants to, have millions of, of views and it feels good to, to be at that point. But ultimately like that stuff doesn't, it, it's not substantial. Like it doesn't actually fuel you. Like the, the things that really fuel you are the connections that you actually make and the impact that you make with those people. Mm-hmm. And okay. So we've covered Michael Walker, modern musician, good stuff. Let's talk about what's happening now. What's happening for musicians now. We're all at home, unable to, go out and play music, probably unable to go out and play music and tour, in fact, until later this year, and probably not in the same way that we have been used to doing for forever, really. Um, Certainly in the first couple of weeks, it was a little bit quiet. I think everyone was a bit shell-shocked. How are we going to cope with this? What are we going to do? Some people were very quick to get online to start live streaming shows. And now it feels like that wave is, I mean, it's huge now. And you've got sort of bigger people getting on board. And it's great. And they're doing... um, 
you know, relief, charity relief shows for, for musicians or, or for other people and, or, and, you know, frontline health workers. And it's wonderful. But as an artist now, you know, having to compete with such a saturated market and it's that, you know, it's a saturated market, almost, you know, whatever platform you're on, if you're talking about Spotify, trying to get onto a playlist, it's, you know, we're talking about that. And now we're trying to, to add another medium to that. Um, talk, talk to me a bit about that challenge and what musicians could be doing and, and, you know, ways to kind of not feel super overwhelmed by that and how to, to move forward, you know, in a, in a successful way and build a following. Mm. Yeah, I think there's been such a huge um, shift or such a huge you know shock from a lot of artists who made most of their living from like playing live. And now it's like, like you can't rely on that. And in some ways, you know, it, it really is an opportunity to explore and discover some of these tools that have been available and um, are really powerful and allow you to connect with a lot more people and to be doing it on a basis of like, you have the free time to kind of explore it and there's more of a need to do it. Like you have to kind of figure, figure something out. Um, in terms of like going live um, and in terms of like the, the market being saturated, you know, that's kind of the way it's, it's been for a long time, right. For like for musicians. And that's kind of the challenge is, is knowing how do you stand out? How do you, how do you, especially when you're just starting out and you haven't built up your first, I don't know, 10,000 kind of core true fans that it can feel really challenging at the very beginning to know how do you build, you know, a core audience of even just a thousand people that really support you? How do you kind of stand out um, when you don't really have that credibility and how mm -hmm. do you start building, how do you start connecting with people? Um, so what we teach and there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do this, but um, I mean, ultimately it's all about finding out who are the people who are most likely to get value out of what you offer um, so who are the people who are most likely to enjoy and connect with your music and where do they, where do they hang out? And so in our case with tour hacking, it was like, well, those people are all hanging out at shows, right? They're going out and they were, they were like standing in line for these shows. So it was perfect. Um, in terms of online, how do you find those people? I mean, there's, there's different, different ways, right? There's some, sometimes those people um, are going on YouTube and they're finding some of the, their favorite bands are discovering new music through there. In fact, a lot of people are discovering music through YouTube. So, you know, maybe having a strategy on YouTube where, you know, maybe you don't want to just, I mean, you, you could only do cover songs if you want to be a cover band, but I think a lot of people, um, it's their original music that they really feel passionate about. So, but that doesn't mean that you can't do YouTube covers. Like YouTube covers are an amazing tool. And I know for us, you know, we had a few covers that had 4 million or 2 million views. And that's really a great way to, to reach new people and to connect with them. But the, the key to doing it, I think, and the key to standing out in a saturated market is by doing something in your own way, by being, by being different, by doing something in a unique way. So for example, um, with YouTube, right? There's, there's a lot of songs. There's a lot of, of content. There's a lot of saturation. Um, and if you're going to do a cover of a song, for example, like a new song, that's uh, number 10 on billboard or something, then, uh, the trick is, you know, a lot of people will do covers of it. A lot of people, but, um, if you can take this, the original song and you can do something in a unique way where people can hear the song, but then they kind of hear a unique twist on it and it makes it feel new again, it makes it feel fresh, then that's a way that you can, you know, kind of capitalize on all the traffic and all the people that are searching for it, but also um, do it in your unique way. So I think part of the key is kind of finding out 
and this is a, a part of the process, right? It's not like anyone just ultimately just like comes in and knowing who they are as an artist and their brand immediately, right? It's something that you learn through growth and through experience and you'll rediscover yourself over time too. It's not like you ever know like, yeah, this is, this is me and this is it. But, um, but you do start to get a, a feel as, as you put out more content, you do more covers, you release more original music, you start to see what sticks and what are people resonating with, what lands, and you can kind of lean into that. And so, for example, if you're going to do a cover of a song, then maybe you choose a song where it's, if you're a male, then maybe you choose a, a top song that's like a female lead singer. That's one example of how you can kind of twist it just because literally just hearing a song with a different like a, a guy for a lead singer instead of a girl, sometimes that kind of creates a little bit of, of a twist in terms of expectations. It's like, oh, it's familiar, but it's also kind of unique. Also, if you can kind of change the genre, um, that can be a really powerful way to take something familiar and make it unique. So, you know, that's one strategy in terms of standing out from the crowd is, is figuring out like, one is like, you want to start by figuring out what are people doing that's working, right? So maybe you follow a few people doing live streams, you just watch them and you just say, oh, that's cool. So this is how they did that. You take some notes or like, okay, so I like how they did this, this, and this. And then you think about, you know, what, how do I want to do this in my own way? Like how, what kind of unique twist can I bring to this? How can I do this? And you'll come up with ideas, right? And so I definitely, if you're like feeling a little bit overwhelmed and maybe you've never done a live stream before and, and you're like, how do I even get started? I mean, it's like in the words of Nike, like you, you kind of just, you just do it. And it's probably, if it's your first time ever doing it, then it's going to feel a little bit awkward. And, um, and like, also if you haven't, if you've done a bunch of stuff live, but you haven't really leveraged, um, that into some sort of online database or like a CRM, or like you have a list of like an email list or a text message list, or you haven't like really grown your social media following yet, then you want to figure out how can you bring those people who are like live? How can you bring them online? That can be kind of tricky if, if you weren't kind of thinking ahead and starting to build one of those lists ahead of time. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of a lot of stuff to like to dig into like uh, over the course of an interview like this, but it is really important to, to start getting organized with like, how are you keeping track of the people that, that you've connected with and your fans? Like, do you have a CRM, like active campaign or um, like a, a mail a email list or a text message list or something that whenever you do a live stream, you can send out a quick message to them and you get, you know, a thousand people on there. If not, then it's good to, you know, everyone starts somewhere. So, so maybe you start building it right away. And, um, and yeah, I mean, this isn't a lot of this stuff. I feel like it's kind of new to the music industry. Uh, I know for me, like some of it, we had built a list with paradise fears, but like we definitely didn't leverage it as much as we could have, um, had I known what I know now with, you know, building modern musician and, and with, uh, doing all the digital marketing we do with our artists now. So there's kind of, there's, there's two different worlds, right? There's the organic, there's grassroots, there's connecting um, on a person to person level. And then there's also sort of this world of being able to leverage tools like uh, ManyChat is an amazing tool that's all about building um, chat conversations in an automated way. And that's one thing that, that we've been working a lot with is many chat and having conversations and I, I need to like pull myself back. Cause, um, this is like, we could go down a rabbit hole. I think where I'm talking about, about many chat and, and all this different stuff. But, um, the core of all of it is finding out where are the people that 
that would enjoy your music and get value out of, out of you? Where do they hang out? And how can you start connecting with them? Maybe even means just like following some of your favorite artists and then starting to interact with, with their groups. And not in a way that's just like, like, oh, me, 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 like, you know, check me out. Because that doesn't work very well, right? If you're just kind of spamming your own stuff. Like you have to, you have to genuinely be focused on connecting and providing value and thinking about, you know, what do they find valuable? And for a lot of, um, a lot of fans, like they appreciate when you personally reach out and you, and you try to connect with them and build a relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, absolutely be organized, find your brand. If you don't already know what that is, find your audience, find your lookalike audience. If you're not already sure what that is and try testing some content. So if you're going to start doing some live shows, um, test out what, what works for you, whether it's a sort of a, a shorter gig, a longer gig, what time perhaps, um, and, you know, maybe what your set looks like and, you know, depending on, cause I know that there's a lot of groups that have popped up for musicians and you can potentially try and like, you know, do a live stream onto, into a group where you can do your own on your own page. And you can certainly ask your friends to share your page with their friends and, you know, try and certainly build it more organically that way. I think in terms of, um, the paid side of things right now, you know, that that's probably certainly a challenge for a lot of musicians who have no income really at the moment, you know, until the, the, the unemployment checks come in to, to invest in, you know, paid marketing to then try and, you know, find that audience in a more kind of digital marketing kind of way versus the, the organic kind of way. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, in terms of, uh, being musicians in general, sometimes money is, is tight for people, especially at the beginning, like the music industry is not a easy place to get into if your goal is to generate revenue, you know, and, and what we've learned and in, in what I know from experience too, is that that's not really like the main goal for 99.9% of musicians. Like their main goal is that they just want to be able to earn enough to be able to sustainably make music and to connect with more people. And it's more about, yeah, more about building their audience, connect with more people, creating music is what they're passionate about. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like making money is a really important part of that. And that's what, you know, kind of drives um, being able to invest in better production and being able to invest in things like paid ads. And the tricky thing is that, um, you know, there's, you can either, in order to make an investment, like it's either going to come in the form of money or, or time. And so, I mean, you can be like us, like we didn't, we didn't have a lot of money when we first started out. We were just like broke and we had just graduated high school, but I mean, we worked hard at it, right? We worked part-time jobs to, to record our first EP. And then when we went tour hacking, um, you know, we lived out of our cars to do that, but then we you know sold a lot of CDs doing it. So I mean, you can either put in the hard time and effort um, up front in order to kind of to reach out to people. Like you can reach out to people online. Like you can just start conversations. You can start interacting on different social media posts of your bands. That's awesome. But at a certain point too, like money is a resource that is kind of renewable. Like you can you can make more money. It's something that that can come back. Whereas like your time is something that unless we discover some way to live until we're like 500 or we become cyborgs or something. Uh, time is like a really, really precious resource. Um, and so in terms of like, I know for me, when I first started modern musician, you know, I had just bought a house with my wife and I didn't have, um, I didn't have any money like to be able to invest in starting a business. And, um, one of the first things that I did was when I met Jeff Walker, 
you know, he had a $12,000 coaching program. And again, like I, I didn't have money. I didn't have $12,000 to invest, but, um, but I did it anyways. And I put, I did the monthly payment plan and I did it on a credit card. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend that for, for everyone. Cause it was, it was challenging for, for me, especially cause it was, it was probably about nine months before I started to actually kind of make a profit from what I was doing. Cause it, it's like planting a seed and like you plant the seed, you have to kind of nurture it and let it grow. And this little tree starts to grow, but it takes a little while before the fruits start to start to form. And you have to have like faith and confidence. You have to keep nurturing it until those start to the fruit starts to form. So in terms of like, I don't know, like I feel like money is, is something where the people that I've seen being the most successful, they don't have excuses I'm not that like that, that it's not valid. Like people like clearly like we're in a crazy time. A lot of people just lost your jobs. And, and so, you know, money of course is a real, a real issue. But, um, I do think that like the number one trait that you can kind of build, or at least one of the most viable traits is resourcefulness and an ability to like make something out of nothing and to take, you know, poison and turn it into medicine and take a situation like this and use it as an opportunity. And if you don't have money right now, then either find a way to make money or do what you can without money, but just, you know, make it happen. Like you, you can, you can do it, but it takes a certain amount of um, belief and resourcefulness. And speaking of something without money, so you're currently offering a free workshop on your website. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got the the tour hacking workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, so the tour hacking workshop is a three day uh, free workshop that we offer, and we've been offering it for like about a year and a half that we have this this thing running. And um, and for us, like that's our way to deliver value and connect with people upfront. And and within it, I mean, we already talked a little bit about it, but the main idea that I talk about is is tour hacking and about going and meeting people online. So now, like right now, not a super relevant strategy because there's not people playing a lot of shows. Um, so I would say um, we're working on uh, another workshop called the Virtual Tour Hacking Workshop that's kind of about this other side of the coin, which is, you know, this, this new method. Um, but, uh, I mean the tour hacking workshop, a lot of it's about kind of the fundamentals about connecting with people. Um, but, uh, in terms of like the, the online stuff, we haven't built uh, a workshop for it yet. Uh, that's more something that we build together, like with, with artists that we work with, but there is something in the works. Um, and we do have a, a Facebook group where we do a lot of like live streams. We can kind of share some of these tools and how to do stuff online. But the idea still stands, um, again, just like taking the idea of tour hacking, but doing it online, finding out where the community is at, like what pages do they follow, what posts are they engaging with, and connecting with them, just introducing yourself, sharing some clips of your songs, and building a community that way. Awesome. And people, where can people find you, Michael? Yep. So the best way to uh, get in touch is um, if you go to modernmusician.me slash workshop, that's where you can find the three-day workshop. Uh, we have a Facebook group called Modern Musician Community that you can check out. Um, and uh, we also, so right now our spots are are filled up in terms of like bringing on new uh, new clients to work with because we like, um, we have a team and we work like one-on-one really closely with a small number of clients. But we do have like an application process where um, if you want to be considered like for the next round when we kind of open up more spots, then if you sign up for the workshop, then there's going to be a few different opportunities where you can sign up for, or you can apply for a strategy session. So that's where, if, if you'd like to connect more, that's probably the best way to get in touch with us. But in the meantime, you know, we've got some of those free resources for you. 
Awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much for sharing. I kind of, I feel like we've got some, some good resources already. We've, we've, we've talked about what's, what we're facing. We've talked about uh, what you do. We've talked about what you can do in a, you know, in a, a bigger setting in terms of your workshops. Um, so I, I hope that people will be able to take something from this and apply it to their live stream shows and certainly beyond that once we're out of this whole thing. So Michael, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Um, good luck with cold turkey this evening. Thank you so much for breaking with it for half an hour to come and chat with us. And <laughs> I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Michael Walker from Modern Musician. I hope you find that useful. And tonight, Wednesday, 29th of April, if you are listening to this on the day that it's released, uh, I am doing another live to Facebook podcast this evening. Tonight, I will be chatting with three singer-songwriters, Ben Grace, Erica Swindell and Megan Lee from all across the United States. And we're going to be having a book club. And I'm rather excited because I've never done one before. This book club is going to be based around Amanda Palmer's book, The Art of Asking, considering how you think about your art and how you ask other people to engage with it. So please join us online. All you need to do is follow the New York Artists Collective Facebook page and the link is in today's bio. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you online or next week. I'm Stephanie Manns. Take care. New York Artists Collective.